Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it run it again hello and welcome i'm not going to so quit asking when you give me a hard time for the listeners that didn't get to go this is the payback Alabama wins. what you did last year really doesn't matter our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play hi hello and welcome to a first take on the 2023 roster edition of the alabama football podcast folks the dust is settling on the roster and uh, early signing period is over the transfer cycle. Uh, they sort of broken that up a little bit. Uh, that is, uh, that has stopped. And uh, the NFL declarations uh, have been made players leaving the, the 22 team. And I know there's still going to be some movement. There's a February uh, or the late signing period. Uh, and there's transfers that will happen over the spring or the summer following a day, but this is about as still of a moment as we have. So, We'll take a snapshot and sort of talk it through. Uh, we're going to do this in three parts. So we're going to have uh, three shows that we're going to release over the next few days. Part one, that's this show. We're going to do transfers and NFL declarations, uh, sort of to set the roster. Uh, and then we'll do a part two, which is offense. And so it's a, you know, a way too early starting lineup, uh, if you will. Uh, part three then will be defense, a way too early starting lineup for defense. We're recording this a little disclaimer land, right? We're recording all of this January the 22nd, about 3 p.m. And so how things may change while I'm recording, uh, they certainly may change before uh, these are released. And then they're certainly going to change after as we go through spring, fall, and summer. So we'll see necessarily what happens there. But, hey, this is fun, and uh, we'll see what's out there and uh, sort of go from there. Let's step through NFL declarations. So players that have uh, declared for the NFL and look in the fashion of the show, right? We're not breaking news. This is nothing new. If you've not previously heard this, then then here it is. But some of this has been out there for uh, a couple of weeks. Some of this ha- st- uh, happened, you know, the day or two after uh, Alabama's final game, the bowl game. So none of this is new. What we're going to do is we're going to step through it, add any really commentary 
And I think I have more commentary on the transfers than I do for the NFL declarations. But there will be a couple comments we'll sort of step through. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Let's uh, let's start with the juniors. These are players that definitely had at least one more year of eligibility. Uh, and eligibility sort of is thrown up in the air uh, with the COVID year. Almost everyone gets it like an Oprah episode. Everyone gets an extra year. And so we're going to talk about some players that have that are seniors that maybe have used up their traditional or conventional eligibility. And uh, yes, nearly almost every single one of them would have the COVID year of eligibility. We're not going to get into brass tacks uh, about all of that. And in the juniors, uh, nearly almost every one of them would have two years of eligibility if we counted the, the COVID year. And again, so we're not going to get into all that level of dissection. Uh, we're going to kind of go thumbs up. Do we think they should have stayed? Are we, are we you know, comfortable with, uh, with them having left? We think that's the right decision uh, that they made. And we'll sort of play through from there. So let's jump in. That's where the good stuff happens. And uh, we're going to start offense, juniors, and uh, we're going to start where you do, uh, you know, with Bryce Young on a podcast. And so, uh, man, we're super excited about Bryce. His first year, it seems like so long ago, uh, he played backup to Mac Jones, and then he had two years as a starter, won the Heisman Trophy. You know, two things can be true at once. Uh, we would love to have Bryce Young back. And if we could draft players back into uh, next year's team, clearly Bryce would be uh, the guy that, that we would all want and for all of the right reasons. Is Bryce making the right decision in going pro? Pro Is there more that he can do or show by coming back? I don't think there is. And so I think it's a great decision. He's going to be a top five pick. Is he going to be number one or number two? Are he and Will Anderson going to be one and two? I don't know. And guess what? Probably not. Uh, it's just the way that it works. You know, when you listen to the broadcasters watching Alabama games, what are they trying to do? They're trying to keep the Alabama uh, audience uh, happy, at least most of the time. And so they're going to praise the Alabama players. Hey, these guys are going to go one, two on the draft. Well, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. They won't. This gets into the season where everyone is going to find something wrong with these players and then release articles because they've got a hard on for the player or because they're trying to uh, sort of taint the waters, dirty the waters, so you don't draft them so my team can. And so that's the, it's the silly season. It's the negative report season. Don't get your panties in a bunch over it. Just understand that that's what's going to happen. And so for all the love that we have for Bryce Young, there's going to be a lot of negativity written about him. His size, his stature, sort of his not—I wouldn't say body composition, but he's thin. He's not—he's—he's he's short, but he's not a meaty short like a Russell uh, Wilson, for uh, for example, or even a Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts isn't the tallest, but he's—he's he's bulky. He's meaty. Well, Bryce definitely is more of a, you know, a point guard. He's—he's uh, he's thin and he's short, and so he's—I don't want to call him frail. He's been very durable at Alabama. Uh, but when you start looking at body types for the NFL, uh, there's going to be some negative reports about Bryce. And so expect it and don't worry about it. And he's still going to be a top three, top four uh, pick in the draft. Another junior on offense, uh, Jameer Gibbs. There's a part of me that, you know, my heart hurts uh, for Jameer Gibbs. He came to Alabama to win a national title and all expectations were that uh, Alabama was going to win a national title and that he was going to have, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, you know, 60 yard runs that, uh, you know, for touchdowns and that it was going to be sort of a culminating event, uh, his uh, presence in Tuscaloosa. And it didn't really work out that way. And and I love the kid and I love what he uh, provided. I think the highlights or the 
I want to say highlights the most sort of colorful memories I have of Jameer or, you know, his A-Day last year, uh, the long run against he had against Arkansas, and darn it, that almost catch that he had against Tennessee. And I hate to sort of brand him that way, but if we're talking candid, those, those are the things that come to my mind. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is a running back. You go. As a running back, you go. Uh, if you've demonstrated what you're capable of, what you can do, you go. You only have so much tread on those tires, and uh, Jameer, I think, has an opportunity to be a very productive back in the NFL. I said something a couple of years ago, and I stand by it. Uh, Josh Jacobs uh, was a very versatile back, and he's proven himself to be uh, certainly capable in the NFL, uh, jo- uh, Jacobs. And and I thought, you know, if Jacobs goes somewhere like Kansas City with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Jacobs should, is, you know, they should start sizing him up for his gold jacket because he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And I believe that if he were to leave the, the Raiders and, and go to Kansas City, then, you know, that bet's still on. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is that type of talent. He's not, I don't think, as thick as a Josh Jacobs, but Jameer just has that electric. Uh, he has that gear that very few running backs do. Jameer Gibbs may go into the NFL and be the fastest running back. I legit say uh, that that's possible. Kenyon Drake may have something to say about that, but uh, Gibbs is is right there, and so Gibbs going somewhere like Kansas City would just would just be a revolution, uh, revelation, especially his skill set, uh, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield. So Jameer Gibbs, I think he absolutely has to go. Let's flip the field uh, again. Still looking at juniors, so we're going to break this up by class a little bit. Uh, these are the the folks that we would sort of traditionally or conventionally say are leaving early. Will Anderson. I think he's got to go. He's going to be a top, uh, again, sort of a top three pick. Is someone going to, is there going to be an offensive lineman that's going to blow everyone's socks off that teams have to have? Is there going to be a defensive lineman or a defensive end that's going to blow someone's socks off? A cornerback that's just going to step up that a team absolutely has to have and trade up for? Yes, I believe so. Uh, you know, the, all any of that can happen. But I do think Bryson will go very, very early. Again, the same sort of conversation. So they're going to go in the top three to five, and we should celebrate that and not worry about, you know, it's just top two or whatever. It's going to be what it's going to be based on team needs and et cetera. Will Anderson absolutely, absolutely should go. Again, if we're recruiting back or if we're drafting back players onto the 23 team, you know, someone's going to pick first and they're going to pick Bryce and someone's going to pick second and they're going to pick Anderson. And those are the right answers. It is also the right answer that Will Anderson uh, go to the NFL. Now, some of the negative press that you're going to get, that you're going to see and hear and just, you know, brace yourself to either ignore it or just accept it for what it is. But what what we will hear about Will Anderson is that his numbers, where are the numbers? We don't see the numbers. Now, the contra- when you put on the tape and you watch him and his contribution, I think is, out, is, is bigger than his numbers. And we've talked about that for the last couple of years. Uh, but his numbers necessarily aren't there. People, I think, will talk about him being undersized. We've talked about that. Uh, will Anderson dropped about 20, 25 pounds uh, between the last two seasons. I think he probably needed to add 15 or 20 pounds and not drop uh, 25. And so uh, I think what we will see, uh, our NFL eyes next fall, we'll see Will Anderson at around 240, 245. And, and we can all just wonder how dynamic 
uh, how additionally dynamic would he have been at Alabama at about 245? That's something that I would have loved uh, the opportunity to see 245, 250 coming off the edge is a more of a true sort of defensive end as, as opposed to a walk-up linebacker. Uh, but does he go? Yes, absolutely. He goes, he has to go. All these guys, again, we'd love to have back, but is it a good decision for Will Anderson to go pro? It absolutely is. He has nothing else to prove at the collegiate level. Brian Branch, should he go pro? Absolutely, especially after his ball game. The interceptions, the batted balls, the tackles, he was just all over the place. Uh, a stat sheet stuffer, uh, as uh, as they say, was Brian Branch on that day. If he was sitting on the fence uh, whether or not to go, was he ready? Yes, that bowl, game, that bowl game proved that he might be the best safety uh, in college football, and uh, that's certainly uh, a first-round pick. How, how, you know, I'm not a draft Nick necessarily. I love the draft, but in terms of studying the, the ranking and the order and how high people are going to go, uh, I don't know. I'll watch the draft for entertainment. Brian Branch will be the first. Uh, I think the first safety should be the first safety, and if that puts him mid sort of first round, uh, kind of like they say with running backs, it's a – you don't draft it high because you can pick them up late. Uh, I've heard that with safeties, and then I've heard the counter argument of that is, you know, as we get uh, is as NFL goes to more just speed on the field at different positions, uh, that that has increased the value of safety. So I don't know sort of the the draft logic there. I just know Brian Branch is a football player, and uh, he deserves to be drafted uh, very high uh, based on his performance in the ball game and just the last two years of his career. Right, Brian Branch is has played very, very well. All right, the last junior we're going to spend a minute with uh, that has declared to go to the NFL is cornerback Eli Ricks. I'm going to straight up call it like I see it. I think it's a bad decision. Uh, Eli Ricks transferred from LSU where he did have some success, came to Alabama, and he battled through some combination of injury and aptitude uh, in getting ready, maybe even attitude, uh, in getting ready to, to see the field. Eli Ricks, I think, dabbled maybe with special teams, dabbled a little bit on the field, but he didn't get a starting role until much later in the season. Uh, Mississippi State, and he was a revelation. Uh, again, played very, very well, but he didn't sustain that over the, the final sort of balance of the season. Uh, played well, but didn't certainly didn't maintain it for a season, didn't even maintain it for the weeks that, that he was the identified starter. I think he has an incredible talent. I think his measurables, his height and his – and his speed and his arm length make him a very intriguing prospect. Again, I don't know what all the draft boards say. If I could pick up Eli Ricks in the fourth round, I think he's a potential bargain. But if you're a fourth rounder, you go back to college. And so Eli Ricks, we're going to talk about starting lineups and, and you know, I think part three uh, for our defense. And we're going to talk about where Alabama really could use uh, an Eli Ricks. My saying that he should come back is not because we really could use him. Hell, we could really use a Bryce Young. What team couldn't? Bryce Young could should go pro. Uh, Eli Rick should come back. He's not ready. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets 
if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, let's talk about seniors. Again, in a conventional way, uh, these players have used up their eligibility. Uh, In a COVID way, Uh, I think nearly all of these guys could have an opportunity to come back either to Alabama or transfer to another college, uh, another college to continue their playing careers. Uh, We're going to talk about each of those, each of these, and just a quick sort of what do we think? We're going to start seniors and we're going to start on the offense. Uh, Tyler Steen, uh, left tackle at Alabama. He transferred from Vanderbilt, uh, should he come back? No, I think he should go. I don't know that he has anything else to prove. He was uh, certainly, uh, I think, playing a year at Alabama, starting for Alabama, elevated his draft stock. I think he accomplished what he needed to. He was a starting lineman at Vanderbilt. He was a starting lineman at Alabama. Boom. There's your stock uh, enhancement. I don't think he gets a similar upward bump by coming back a year. So Tyler Steen should go. Could Alabama use him? Absolutely. Should he go? Absolutely. Emil Ekior. I think Ekior has sort of capped out as well. He's played both guard positions. He started some at center, and uh, he has been a two-year starter uh, at Alabama at the uh, the right guard position. And so is there more that he could do not not to bolster his stock? Uh, I think uh, Emil Ekior should go. Again, I could say this about most of these players. They were starters at Alabama, damn it. Could they come back and contribute? Absolutely. Should he go pro? Is there value or reason for him to come back? I don't believe there is. Uh, Cameron Latou. I've sort of mixed thought uh, on on Cameron. I think uh, if Cameron had gone after his junior season, uh, his stock would have been higher than after his senior season. Uh, Although I think he needed more time and so he needed to come back, he just needed to do it again. He needed to replicate, Cameron Latou needed to replicate his junior season. It wasn't enough time at position after his junior season to go pro and expect to be successful as an NFL tight end. He needed to replicate that his senior year. He didn't. He didn't. He uh, suffered an injury in camp. 
came back, played through it, showed flashes of what he was capable of. I'm glad he caught a touchdown in, in the ball game, but it wasn't who he was the year before. And that's unfortunate. And I think that's going to hurt or impede his draft stock. Could he have come back? Should he come back? I think if you could come back and guarantee that you're going to get production at or better than what he had effectively his junior season, then I would say absolutely. And I don't say that just as an Alabama fan. If he were to go somewhere else and do that, I think it would be more time at position. Remember, he's a converted defensive end. Sometimes he still plays like a defensive end. But is he athletic enough to have some success uh, at the tight end position in the NFL? I do. Um, sort of a mixed bag on, on Latou. Is there a lot more he could have shown over his junior tape I don't think there is. Is that going to be enough for the NFL? I don't know. So that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting thing. Uh, I do love me some Cameron Latou. Don't hear me say otherwise. Uh, let's flip. Uh, still seniors, but flip to fill the defense. Uh, Jordan Battle, battle, go, 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 young man, go, go, play pro. He's a four-year starter. If you remember back to his senior, his freshman season, he started. He he started getting. Uh, playing time uh, early in the season, sort of the middle third of the season. And by about midseason, he was rotating in with the starters, and then he just claimed the job, and, and he had it for the rest of his duration. Battle has very good days. Rarely does he have a bad day, uh, and his good days can be very, very good. I don't know that there's any more value. Uh, it certainly can help the team, uh, but there's no more value that he can bring to his career by coming back to Alabama. So he absolutely should go. I think he'll be a first-round pick. Uh, DeMarco Hellams, I put in a similar uh, category. I don't think his – I don't think DeMarco's career has been as steady as battle. If I could only draft one of these, I would say it would be battle. Um, I don't think DeMarco – that his career has been as steady uh, as, as battle. Uh, he's platooned a couple of years. And we have talked about it on our show, show where he's good for sort of a, 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 a buffoon play or a bad play, you know, almost once a game. And that part of the platooning was to maybe limit his opportunity to have those plays. With this season, this 22 season at Alabama, I think was one of DeMarco's best. Uh, he was a headhunter um, in terms of racking up tackles and making plays. And I don't know that he had hardly any of what I would call the buffoon plays or the bad plays or that one sort of screw-up play uh, that sort of blemished uh, his, his performance. I thought DeVarco had uh, a phenomenal day. I don't hold the Tennessee game against him. Uh, go back and do the tape on that one. Uh, but I think DeMarco Hellam should go pro, and uh, I think he'll have a successful, uh, a successful pro career. Uh, DJ Dale, sort of the interior uh, of the defensive line, I think he's got to go. I think he's got a, a, a knee that uh, I don't want to call it degenerative, but I think he, he's had some injury. He's battled back to that injury. He might be to the extent of the health that he's going to get that back. And so he needs to take that uh, and parlay that into uh, NFL dollars. I don't want to say he was losing his job to Jaheim Otis, but he may have been losing his job to Jaheim Otis at Alabama. So I think DJ Dale needed to go. Uh, Byron Young, again, this is I want him to stay, but probably the best move for him is to go. I see him 
is almost maybe a poor man's uh, Christian Barmore, uh, which may have been a, Christ, uh, a poor man's, you know, Quinnen Williams. I think Byron Young has some explosive ability. He certainly demonstrated that against Mississippi State. He was dinged up a little bit at times during the season, but when he's on, he is very, very good. And there's a mold that he fits in, uh, former Alabama defensive linemen that are being successful in the NFL. And if he, having played with those players, thinks that his game or knows that his game is comparable and he sees the success that they're having, then there's a transitive sort of nature that he's going to say, I can go do that too. I think he might be right. So Byron Young, I think he should go coming back. I don't know that it adds a whole lot, uh, although – he may not be a first rounder. He may be a second rounder, maybe, maybe early third. Uh, and so could he come back and, and improve that? He could, but the the risk reward, this may be one of the tougher ones, Byron Young, but I think he, I think he should go. And uh, some team may really get a bargain there uh, with Mr. Young. And then the last player I want to talk about in terms of seniors going pro is uh, Henry Toa Toa. And I'm kind of, you know, I kind of got a mixed bag uh, on Toa Toa, too. I think that it would be nice if he did have another year of eligibility. Uh, if he could, he's another player that, you know, I'd like to see pack on, you know, another 15 pounds and be able to squat in the box, you know, for the for the run fits uh, a little more than what we saw. There were times, and, and again, go back, you know, with, with the podcast, with the shows, there were weeks where Toa Toa was a revelation. He knew the defense. He knew where to be, but he would sometimes just get trucked. Uh, he would be in on seven or eight tackles, but have w- one solo or two solos. And so he was around the ball. It, it's almost like he knew where the play was going to go, but his athleticism didn't sort of push him over the top uh, to, to be the star necessarily of, of the defense. Maybe he was a half a step sort of off, so to speak. Still incredibly talented, has great presence on the field. I do believe that he's a leader. I do believe the players view him as such. I just don't know that he has enough sort of biscuits in his pants uh, to, to make the play one-on-one uh, at the line of scrimmage. I think that he probably is not fast enough for to be a, a safety at the NFL, I don't know that he's going to be big enough to be a linebacker at the NFL. Does he does he stay on somewhere as a special team sort of maven and a rotation player? Yeah, I think that's the role uh, that Toa Toa probably has, and I think that he could make a roster doing that. And I and I hope that he does. I hope that he makes a couple of rosters, gets an NFL pension, pension, and comes back. Uh, Toa Toa, we're going to hear his name again as a coach. And uh, but should he go now? I think he should so that he can start the clock on the next phase of his career. If he came back to Alabama, I don't know that he would be better. I don't know that that he could do enough to significantly improve his draft stock that come back. And he's a clear first rounder at at a linebacker position. I don't think that uh, is the case for Toa Toa. Uh, I'd love the experiment to see it potentially happen. Uh, but I think going pro is the right move uh, for Toa Toa. Again, when we think about all of these seniors, one thing to keep in mind is they may have an eligibility year for the COVID year. But to come back to Alabama, Saban would have to allow it because uh, they're taking up a roster spot. They're taking up uh, a scholarship. And so could they 
parlay that extra year of eligibility to play somewhere? Yes. If it's not at Alabama, does that help their career? Probably not. And so some of these players may be making the decision or may have made the decision, I'm going to go pro or I'm going to have to transfer to somewhere else. And that can be a a challenging decision. And so I think they're making, I think these guys mostly are making uh, the right decision to go pro. So that'll be interesting. We root for them. We want them to have success. Uh, More and more as you watch NFL games, you see Alabama players. That's super fun. And I think this is a a contingency or contingent of players uh, that can certainly add to those rosters. So that's, uh, that's certainly fun. Uh, out of eligibility, uh, Jalen uh, Moody, uh, and so he's going to declare and go, and uh, Kendall Randolph, uh, Randolph. Can I call on Kendall Rudolph just one last time uh, for the haters out there? But uh, Kendall has an opportunity, hopefully, in, in camp and uh, you know potentially as a coach uh, as well. I, think, I don't think we've heard the last – of him, but they're out of eligibility, so they're going to go. I want to tease uh, an upcoming show. Uh, I had mentioned about if you could draft back players to Alabama uh, for next year's squad. I love that as a concept, uh, and so I'm teasing that I'm planning to do that as a show. Uh, and what I want to do, two things. If you have a player in particular that you would want to draft back, Drop me an email and let me know who that is. Now, I don't want to get 100 emails saying Bryce because we all know Bryce or 100 emails saying Will Anderson because we know those guys. I mean, send those emails. I love and I'll respond to every single one of them. But uh, who's a player that maybe isn't an obvious one uh, of the list of guys there that you would want to draft back and uh, have back on next year's squad? And so uh, and and we'll take some of those responses and, and we'll layer those into the show and give folks uh, shout outs and such. Uh, the, what I'm trying to do and what I'd like to do is is maybe uh, wrap that up into an interview show. Uh, maybe there's another Alabama podcast. So if you have a favorite, uh, I'm sorry, a second favorite uh, Alabama podcast that you listen to, let me know. And maybe we do sort of a cross promotion with those guys and gals and um, and then we sort of do a draft that type of show. So let me know uh, if you have someone that you would recommend, hey, this would be a good conversation, or uh, hey, just here's who I think, here's why, and uh, we'll see if we can't get some of those uh, on the show. All right, so we're talking about the uh, sort of first take on the roster for 2023. We're going to get to starting lineups in sections uh, or in parts two and three, but uh, let's continue with the roster. And we're going to talk about not NFL declarations, but we're going to talk about transfers. So these are players that are transferring not to the NFL. That's a declaration. Uh, They're transferring to uh, another uh, institution and they're going to continue their playing careers uh, elsewhere. Here's where I think we may have some more interesting movements. Uh, And again, we'll sort of talk through these. Uh, This is all opinion. uh, So, you know, treat it as such. And uh, let's go. So let's jump into transfers. When I do this, I am struck by the number of offensive linemen and wide receivers. Both positions, each position, have five departures through the transfer portal. And if you count Eki and Tyler Steen and uh, Kendall Randolph, you get eight offensive linemen off of the 22 team that will not be available for the Tide in 23. 
those are big numbers and potentially uh, they're scary numbers. But you know what? It's interesting, particularly offensive line uh, where you can count as many as eight uh, and wide receiver where you can get to five. Those were need positions. And so it's an interesting question. How is it that Alabama is losing so many players at positions that we would consider need positions? Is this truly the sinking of the ship? Or is this a Deion Sanders, Colorado style remaking of the roster? And as we sit here right now, I maybe I don't know, but I would guess the latter over the former. Uh, let's talk through these individual players. Again, we're not mad at any of them. We're going to talk through, uh, is it a surprise to us that they left? Do we think it's a negative impact necessarily to Alabama that they left? And, uh, uh, we'll go through there. Let's start with the offensive line because, again, if you count the NFL uh, declarations, we're up to eight. We're going to focus here on the five that are transfers, and so we're going to go. We're going to just start, uh, you know, down the down the list that as I sort of pulled it off of a site somewhere. Tanner Bowles uh, is on the list. I think, uh, uh, you know, sort of a, a tackle. He's transferring to Kentucky. I, you know, it appeared that he was outside the two deep. I think he rotated in, played a little bit. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's good to see that, you know, he's getting an opportunity at another SEC school. So uh, certainly has some skill set. But uh, outside the Alabama 2D, uh, probably outside the Alabama plans uh, for the 2D in 23. There's going to be some players that are going to that are sort of matriculate through the system. It's the nature of it, especially at the higher levels. But guess what? It happens everywhere. And so I think Tanner is just uh, part of that process. Uh, Tommy Brockenmeyer. Uh, the former five-star uh, tackle out of Texas is transferring to TCU. Uh, again, during 2022, he was outside of the two deep. Uh, I don't want to call him a bust, but there had been there has been stories and speculations in that direction. Uh, he was he and his brother James Hussein, which by itself is an interesting story. Both were highly recruited. You know, Tommy, the, the five-star tackle out of a small Christian school in Texas. I have nothing against Christian schools in Texas, uh, but the level of competition was just different. He dominated at that level. His father played at Texas, and so there's a legacy. Uh, was his rating inflated? I don't know. Don't get into all those accusations or all those sort of theories. But I think that he came to Alabama undersized, and he may have added some weight, but he still hasn't cracked the two deep. And I think he realized an opportunity, I'm going to go home, and uh, play in a different conference. Maybe this Alabama, maybe this SEC isn't made out, uh, cut out for me. And so I'm going to go play somewhere else. I kind of hate to see it because it was such an exciting day when the Brockermeyer twins or the yeah, twins uh, brothers uh, committed to Alabama and sort of egg on the face of Texas. Everybody thought they were going to go to Texas, legacy and all that stuff. And so that was good times. But I think uh, sort of rubber hits the road two years later. I think Brockmeyer moving on to uh, TCU. And it looks like TCU is going to be, you know, Tuscaloosa West because uh, there's quite a number of guys uh, heading that way. But uh, nonetheless, um, uh, Tommy uh, Brockmeyer making that trip. Uh, again, can't say that I'm totally surprised. Something as the season sort of unfolded, our fall camp and season unfolded, uh, and he really wasn't finding the field. Um, some of that starts to, you know, makes you think that that's going to happen. And so, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Probably, probably the biggest surprise when we think about transfers, and there's a couple, but uh, the biggest surprise for me was Javon Cohen, uh, left guard, uh, two-year starter at Alabama. 
two of your starters at Alabama go to the NFL. They don't transfer to the University of Miami. Uh, and so to me, that's interesting. I would have, you know, uh, I, I don't maybe guess he's been three years out of college. So I guess transferring, staying or transferring were his only options. I don't think he could have declared. Uh, but it's very surprising that a two-year starter would leave Alabama and then, you know, aspire to go and play and hopefully start somewhere else. Well, I think uh, Javon will be one of the better linemen on on the Miami team. And, uh, you know, Cristobal is a pretty good coach there. And so we'll see see what happens. He's going to contribute to their team one way or the other. Uh, the, the thing that I start to think, well, why would he leave and and, uh, and whatnot? And this gets on, you know, I want to be careful and I want to be sensitive and, and I want to be appropriate. Uh, but my mind, the dots that in my mind, you know, kind of connect. Um, you know, Saban runs a, a tough ship and we can say what we want to about this last season, but let's not get it twisted. Saban runs a very tough ship. It's tough to be an Alabama football player. And Javon Cohen is one of two players that over the summer went to, and I don't know the name of the clinic and I don't want to sort of get it wrong, but it was anxiety, sort of mental health, you know, concerns, and um, went through sort of a, a I don't want to say a treatment, but went through sort of a protocol uh, with them. And the other, uh, the other player, he left and he went on to transfer and played at another school. Uh, Javon came back. Javion came back. Uh, was maybe a little bit out of shape to start the season because wasn't going through, you know, all the, the summer workouts and camps and all that makes sense. But he came back and earned a uh, re-under starting position. And I thought played very, very well. I wonder if he reached a point where he said, man, I got to do that all over again. And I got to do it at Alabama and it's a grind and it's not fun. And man, it really, you know, took its toll on me last year. I don't want to do that again. Let's go somewhere where college football can be fun. And I wonder if there just wasn't that type of, of mindset. Now, again, I root, I root for him. Uh, I wish the best. That's just where my mind, you know, thinks and, and wonders. He'll go to Miami and he'll have, uh, you know, a great time there. Uh, again, probably start with them. If he's a starting left guard at Miami next year versus the starting left guard, a three-year starter uh, for the Crimson Tide, would – uh, where would he be drafted higher? I'd say probably Alabama. Um, but this also begs a topic and question that we talked about over the summer between Ekior, Tyler Booker, and Javion. How would we rank those three? And we speculated that maybe, and there was a rotation in a particular game, the way that it played out, that we thought Javion may be sort of the third guy out there. But Eki's leaving too. And so three players for two positions losing – now two players, you know, now there's one player for the two positions. Uh, it seems that there would have been an opportunity for Javion to go, uh, or rather to stay, maintain his, maintain a starting position at Alabama. Uh, maybe the other side, so he demonstrates some versatility. <clears throat> Who knows? But, uh, again, a little bit surprising with Javion Cohen. That probably is the single biggest uh, surprise. Uh, let's step through the rest of these. Damian George, right tackle, started some during the 21 season, lost that role. I thought he would certainly have an opportunity to compete uh, for a starting role, uh, certainly a rotational role in the 2D in 23, and he elected to, to move on. He is a big-bodied fella. 
And uh, I think he's going to have an opportunity. He's transferring to Florida. Uh, he's probably going to crack their starting lineup. And it makes me wonder, you know, does this net out like he's a Scott Lashley? Scott Lashley left Alabama, went to Mississippi State, and I thought, man, Alabama's really going to miss him. And um, Alabama played Scott Lashley in 2021 and beat him like a drum. And I love <laughs> Scott Lashley, but that was a surprising sort of event uh, or site for me. And so I wonder, is uh, something like that uh, potentially, and is, is this a similar sort of case? I don't know. And so maybe I am over-evaluating the player. Uh, I just know he started demonstrating some potential and uh, would like to would like him to sort of play that out at Alabama, but he's elected not to. So there you have it. Uh, similar sort of discussion point for Amari Kite, left tackle, uh, in the two deep there at left tackle. I think he started a game or almost started a game or played a significant role in a game. He's transferring to UCF, which may be the biggest uh, sort of surprise when we think about where these guys are going. Um, again, I think he had a, a chance to compete. Uh, I will say this, and this may mean nothing, because uh, every player's sort of pregame sort of approach is, is a little bit different. So I want to be sensitive, but I also want to say this. When I had the opportunity to be in the field before the Austin P game, which is an experience, you know, unlike any other, uh, that was an incredible amount of fun. That there were moments where I would spend, you know, just watching some of the players. And Amari Kite, for a guy that was going, this is an Austin P game, for a guy that's going to play in that game, he suits up a lot of Saturdays not knowing if he's going to play. He suits up a lot of Saturdays not playing. You suit up as the number two left tackle in the Austin P game knowing that you're going to play multiple quarters of play. And just the expression on his face was one of such disinterest. Now, again, I may be reading something that's not there, but as a former attempted high school player that <laughs> that wore the expression of just trying to ride out the string, you know, that's what that's what my call. So I don't know if I'm right or wrong there, but uh, uh, he's definitely moving on to uh, UCF. And again, likely will be one of their better uh, offensive linemen. So there you have it. Let's, uh, let's take a look at wide receivers. Treshawn Holden uh, transferring to Oregon. There was, leading up to the bowl game, all the transfers sort of uh, did their thing. None of them wanted to come back uh, and sort of finish up. Uh, Saban offered them the opportunity. And it was either Saban or a player or one of the coordinators, I don't remember, but someone talked about uh, all the blinking lights are gone. And it said, said it less direct than that, but, you know, the high maintenance players, you know, so I think it was Saban because he was, it was one of his analogies and he was talking about the blinking light on the Christmas tree distracts from everything else. And so you got to go sort of fix it and spend more time with it, sort of fudging and fixing with it, uh, you know, to get it to sort of blend in and play nicely, you know, with the rest of the ornamentation. And um, he didn't mention any names to that, but my mind immediately went to Treshawn Holden, really good player. But, you know, volatile, um, I don't want to say needy, but maybe. Uh, I don't follow a lot of players on in Twitter, and the ones that I do see, I don't even know how how did that even come to be. Uh, but there were multiple tweets that I, that I did see, and I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter just anyways. Uh, and so what I would have seen with my exposure would be very, very small. So there would have had to have been seemingly a lot more. And there were a lot of tweets that from Holden that seemed like, you know, 
asking for someone to come put their arms around them, asking for, uh, begging for a compliment almost uh, is how I interpreted it. Now, there's a significant age generation uh, between me and Treshawn. And so maybe I'm just not hip in how they're communicating. But there are a couple of those tweets that I, I took as being needy. And then when Saban said blinking lights, taking all the attention, those dots quickly connected in my mind. And so uh, the fact that he is moving on is in that regard, not terribly surprising. Uh, I think Treshawn is a, uh, a very talented wide receiver. I don't think he always plays with his head in the right place uh, or his head where his feet is, as Saban says. But when he's on, uh, he's really, really good. I suspect he'll go to Oregon and have some success. Jojo Earl is transferring to TCU. I just wonder if he doesn't need an injury reset. He's come to Alabama and he's been sort of star-crossed with injury. And uh, I wonder if he just doesn't want to get closer back to home and just sort of hit the reset button, kind of take a little bit of the pressure off, and then just go play ball and get healthy and get right. That's maybe what I think is going on with uh, JoJo Earl. I hate it. I wish that he would come back and, and play and stay because I think he's an immense talent. Uh, but uh, I think there's a decision made there, and, and he's elected to move on. I understand it. I don't have to like it. Uh, although it's not as surprising as something like we talked about with uh, JVN Cohen. Uh, Aaron Anderson, I think, is a tremendous surprise. Uh, he's a true freshman, didn't see uh, the field necessarily. He's transferring to LSU, and so he's still going to like a sort of top-flight program, and they're going to have some opportunity with their star, Butte, moving on. And so Aaron Anderson, just a, a complete surprise. He was always one of the youngsters like, this guy's going to pop. This guy's going to pop. And maybe he got angry because he didn't have an opportunity. Maybe he got frustrated because he was realizing, hey, there's a lot of young guys that are going to pop, and I don't know if I can compete with them. Uh, I don't know what the what is there. Did he get mad because he didn't get an opportunity because he knows he's better than everyone? Uh, is there an attitude problem? I don't know. Does he read the writing on the wall and say, I'm not as good as some of these guys? I don't know, and I'm not speculating one way or the other, other than it's something, and he's at LSU now. Uh, Tyler Harrell is transferring out, uh, announced his transfer, uh, no landing spot, and so we'll see when that opens up. I feel really bad for Tyler. I think if he had come in fully healthy, there would have been certainly a, a nice role uh, for him, sort of a nice package, and he came in injured and never really got right. Uh, I think he caught a couple balls late in the season against, you know, sort of backup time and uh, never really had an opportunity to sort of carve out for him. I think if you could go back and redo – I think he would have been best served by staying at Louisville. I think he had some love for him there at Louisville because of all the things that that happened and uh, or all the success that he had uh, at Louisville, all the things that made Alabama fans like super excited. Well, he had that ex success for them. And if he had stayed there, I think they would have embraced him because we know we, what you did for us. He comes to Alabama and he hadn't done squat for us. And then now, now he's taking up a roster spot. And so we get frustrated uh, literally or sort of, you know, just the, the energy. And, and so he decides to move on and I wish him all the luck in the world. We think about what could have been and man, if he goes somewhere and just torches it, then we'll think, you know, we got the dud version, uh, but God bless him for his talent and speed and, and uh, sort of best of luck uh, sort of down the road. Uh, and then I think the last one, no, not the last one. Holy cow. I've got a whole nother page of notes. Christian Leary uh, is transferring to Georgia tech. I think he was never in the mix, and I and and I don't mean that conspiracy theory oriented. 
he never really got into the mix uh, his freshman year. He was a highly recruited receiver, a little bit undersized relative to uh, some of the other guys. Uh, never really in the mix his freshman year. Uh, in fact, when Alabama got super thin at running back, uh, Christian Larry moved over and played some running back. And uh, and then this year, with the you know time away from practicing and preparing it at wide receiver, the new influx of talent, I think he just got caught up in the wash and uh, never really had uh, an opportunity. So he's going on to Georgia Tech, and I uh, suspect he'll have uh, some success with the Ramblin' Wreck. Now, those were all, all that time we spent on transfers, those were the wide receivers and offensive linemen. Now we've got a handful across multiple positions, right? And so running back Trey Sanders going to TCU, listen to that, another guy going to TCU. This is a guy that I just feel really bad for. Uh, I want to see him have a sensational season of success. I would have loved to see the alternative universe where he doesn't have the car accident and he comes healthy doesn't have the Liz Frank as freshman year, and he bursts on the scene with all the sort of the bravado uh, that uh, that came when he was one of the top recruits. Uh, I wish we could see that version because I think the injury and then the car accident took that from him, and that's just heartbreaking. That's not even a football injury, uh, and so there's a little bit of heartbreak there, and I hope he goes to TCU and is able to, you know, get some of that juice back and uh, and play with it. Not during 2022, but during 2021 against the Miami uh, in you know, opening the season against Miami, there was some juice, there was some spark uh, in Trey Sanders. And uh, I don't know, we don't know what practice took out of him. What sort of rehab did he have to practice every other? I don't know. And I don't want to speculate, but there's something because he showed some juice against that Miami game. A couple of weeks later, uh, he did again, and then we and then we didn't see it, and uh, and then now it's going to be you know a couple of seasons passed before there's even an opportunity uh, for anyone to see that. And so I feel just terrible uh, for Trey Sanders and uh, wish the best for him. Again, there's an alternative sort of universe version there that uh, I wish we will uh, would have gotten to see, not just because he was wearing an Alabama jersey, but just because the kid uh, had some talent uh, before you know a life threatening accidental sort of injury, uh, car accident. Uh, linebacker Des Moines Kennedy, more recently, uh, Mobile Product, No Destination announced. Uh, he's another player that just felt like never really got into the, the cycle, into the mix. Uh, he also spent time with at the running back position uh, during the 21 season. Uh, special teams got injured at Alabama uh, during the 22 season, and so that derailed him. And I think, the you know, in his mind, the thought of, I got to get healthy. I got to get right. Do I stay at Alabama and do that? Do I try to go somewhere else and do that? Do I just go that and, and try to, you know, go home and do that and then try to figure out, you know, next fall? I'm sure that he had some very, uh, you know, tearful phone calls with the family and heartfelt, you know, sort of conversations when he was figuring out what his plan was. Uh, and he's elected to, to transfer and move on. And uh, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be an interesting thing uh, with uh, with young man Kennedy, and uh, we certainly certainly hope and wish the best for him. Uh, defensive line uh, lineman. Uh, this happened so early in the season that uh, sort of out of the collective consciousness. Uh, but Brandon uh, Ingraham, Ingraham uh, is transferring to Syracuse. Certainly wish him well there. Uh, cornerback Kyrie Jackson. 
uh, was going to transfer and then not. And then it was a timing. It wasn't that he was changing his mind. It was just the timing with the grant transfers. Cornerback uh, Kyrie Jackson is transferring to Oregon. I think it's a bad decision, but not a terrible decision. Uh, Eli Ricks going pro, is a, that's a terrible decision. Kyrie Jackson electing to transfer to Oregon where he's going to be coached up under Dan Lanning. That's not a terrible decision. He's probably, I don't want to say guaranteed. I don't know what the roster is. Uh, he probably has a greater opportunity of uh, a guaranteed starting corner spot there than he does at Alabama. Uh, though I wish he would come back because I would pencil him in as a starter. And I think he had, you know, tremendous, uh, a tremendous capability. I still say the best play of the season was Kyrie Jackson early in the season tackling uh, both the blocker and the runner uh, swinging out of the backfield. Still one of the best just pure football plays uh, you're going to see during the 22 season. And so I hate that he's gone. Maybe, I, I don't know. I think he had an opportunity to start at corner at Alabama and that you get drafted for that. So uh, Jack Martin, punter, uh, f- uh, former transfer uh, from South Alabama. I don't know, man. Um, the Aussie – it came in and beat him out and is putting up numbers that were less than what Jack Martin averaged at South Alabama. That doesn't make sense to me. It has to be something with consistency and placement. I don't know the story there, uh, but yeah, I would transfer to if I were him. Uh, transfers in uh, the CJ Dupree tight end from Maryland. Whew, absolutely. And then the linebacker, Tresman Marshall uh, from Georgia. I played a lot of special teams at Georgia, had some injuries, but I think, uh, you know, he may just need a, a refresh, uh, and so good for him. I think these are both solid ads, and I think they both are immediate uh, two deep players, uh, and I think they both have an opportunity to um, to step into starting roles. I'm going to go watch list, and these are players that may yet still transfer out. Uh, it's hard to know who may transfer in, uh, but uh, who may yet still transfer out. Uh, again, I'm not rooting for any of these players to leave, uh, but sort of here's the the list of players that I think uh, might well be considering it. Uh, Darian Dalcourt, offensive lineman, center. Uh, we really don't want him to leave. We need him to stay. There's depth uh, that, that he brings, even if he doesn't win the starting lineup. Uh, although he is uh, across multiple seasons, he has started at center for Alabama. So he has a lot uh, that we want. He has a lot that other teams would want. Uh, James Brockenmeyer, we talked about his brother. James is also a center, so we certainly don't want them both to leave uh, and leave us with uh, with just one, but we'd kind of like them both to stay. Wide receiver, uh, Thal Jones-Bell, I think he's going to sort of cycle out uh, in the way that, uh, that the other players have. Uh, at wide receiver, I think he's sort of been snowed under at at that position. I'm kind of surprised that he didn't announce during this cycle. Uh, so that'll be interesting. He may be a guy that says, look, thousand players go into the portal and a lot of them don't find a place. And that's not going to be me because I'd rather ride the bench where I am at now than sit at home, not playing. And so again, I don't know that he's saying that I'm not projecting that onto him, but Hey, <laughs> one could say that and not be wrong. Uh, so, um, so we'll see what happens there. Oh, man, but did I bury the lead? Uh, Jalen Milrow uh, certainly is a player that Alabama needs to watch. Uh, I'm going to talk more about him when we talk about starters on offense, but watch Jalen as a potential transfer. Uh, Justin Aboibe, uh, my heart aches. This is another player my heart aches for. Maybe I'm just getting too old for this. But, um, you know, go back to the regular season. 
uh, podcast, we said a boy be is making a play every day. And um, Byron Young had gotten hurt. And we said, watch out, a boy be is going to step up and uh, it's he's going to he's going to sort of be lights out uh, from here on. Well, it was that week during campus, uh, during uh, uh, practice, that he had an injury, sort of a, a neck injury in practice. And so just when we were forecasting that he was going to blow up, he hurt his neck. And so we've, we feel terrible for uh, for him. We hope that you know there's a recovery path that leads him back to play and back to a play at the level that would be necessary for him to stay uh, at Alabama. So we root for Justin uh, in that regard. Uh, and again, not predicting a transfer, but these are players that, you know, you run through the roster, you know what you know, and you sort of think these guys are ones to watch. Defensive tackle uh, John, uh, John Moran Lathan uh, is another guy you just wonder, what's his traction in the two deep? He has played more, and so that's nice. There's a new wave of, of uh, you know, freshmen coming in. Where does where does he where does his water find its level? Uh, relative to getting into the two deep, uh, linebacker uh, Quandarius Robinson, poor guy touching that ball on the punt return on the punt on uh, the punt. Uh, that's enough to make you want to transfer. But uh, uh, again, where's his water find its level relative to the rest of the inside linebackers? And then Jaquez uh, Robinson, uh, you know, he is a transfer that. Um, he was an early enroll. He like reclassified early enrolled in January uh, a couple of years ago. And I kept thinking and practice for the team in the bowl game. And I kept thinking he's going to pop. He's going to pop. He's got more reps. He's going to be ahead of everyone else. And, uh, and he never, you know, hasn't really done that. And so is he a player that elects to uh, transfer out? Uh, he's a cornerback. And so he very well uh, could be, he could wait to see, you know, some of these freshmen are coming in. They're highly rated. We were, you know, Ricks is is no longer here, and Kyrie has moved on, and Tyron had the job but lost it, and so if there's a path to that corner spot, the promised land of that starting corner spot, maybe it's now. And so Jacquez may say, "I'm going to stick around and see if I can earn it," and then after after spring drills, and so we're not seeing these guys necessarily do anything today or tomorrow, next week, uh, but after a day. Uh, after spring, uh, that is sort of a, a come to Jesus moment for players on the roster. How are how does the coaches you know how do you peck out on the on the two and three deep uh, going into uh, going into summer camp and, and fall drills? And boy, you're outside. If it looks like you're outside looking in, uh, that's sort of a, a sweet spot, and it always has been uh, a sweet spot for transfer. So uh, let's see how that goes. All right, so this has been what I thought would be three uh, my first of three quick podcasts and it turns out that's not true uh but hey we had fun i had fun uh hopefully you all did as well uh i'm gonna wrap this up and uh come back for part two which is starters on offense and part three which is starters for defense and uh we'll go from there hey this has been another edition of the alabama football podcast roll tide thanks for listening to the alabama football podcast we love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show we encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout out, a roll tie. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, coach? Aye. Of course. Roll tie. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.